0: Well, I started last week with a New Year's resolution about weight loss, which you know I've been working on for the last week. Way in day is tomorrow, though, so send me a message and I can give you a, a progress report. But just quietly, I, I think I'm looking pretty good, right? I don't know. I think so. <laughs> Another popular resolution that some people make is around the completion of DIY projects. I know in the past I've made resolutions like I'll finish off all the DIY projects that I started three years ago. Or maybe I'll just finish one of them. I imagine some of you are nudging people sitting next to you today. The challenge is that we start so many things in life with good intentions, but those intentions often fail to materialize into actions, or at least sustained actions. Let your minds drift into all the things you've had good intentions for but haven't quite happened yet. Right? (laughs) Well, we're in week four of a series called Resolutions That Stick, where over the month of January, we're suggesting that there are 10 New Year's resolutions that we can see in Proverbs chapter three, that if they stick or if they are sustained, They could help our spiritual lives thrive in 2023. And as a pastor, that's one of my greatest hopes for you. Because when we thrive spiritually, a lot of other things fall into place in very positive ways in our lives. Well, here's the first six resolutions that Caleb and then Ethan and I last week have given to you so far. Resolution number one, I will keep God's commands on my heart. Number two, I will let love and faithfulness never leave me. Number three, I will trust in the Lord and all my ways I will submit to Him. Number four, I will honor the Lord with my life for everything comes from Him. Number five, I will accept that the Lord knows best. And number six, I will seek God's wisdom to gain understanding and life from it. These all sound so good, right? But if you're anything like me, you'll look at the list and say to yourself, I need to stop procrastinating about putting these resolutions into place. Okay, I'll I'll start in February. (laughs) So how do we put resolutions into action? Well, some of you have never heard of a man called John Wooden. For those who haven't, Wooden is one of the most revered basketball coaches in the history of sports. Basketballers, you'll know. Inducted into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame as a player in 1960 and then as a coach in 1973, and some of you can remember those years, he is famous for what he described as the eight laws of learning, which I think are just as relevant to deepening our spiritual lives as they are for performing at a high level in any sport. Wooden said this, the eight laws of learning are explanation, demonstration, imitation Repetition, 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 repetition. But perhaps of more significance was what Wooden said about what was more important than basketball. He's quoted again as saying, I have always tried to make it clear that basketball is not the ultimate. It is of small importance in comparison to the total life we live. There is only one kind of life that truly wins, and that is the one that places faith In the hands of the Saviour. I think we could combine both of Wooden's lessons into one that might aptly sum up what we're trying to communicate over this month. We could say this There is only one kind of life that truly wins, and that is the one that places faith in the hands of the Saviour. To place our faith in the hands of the Saviour means learning and experiencing faith through explanation, demonstration, imitation. Repetition, 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 and repetition. The resolutions that we're suggesting we adopt this year will only help our spiritual lives thrive if we adopt a posture of learning through listening to the Word of God, understanding what it's saying to us, and putting them into practice again and again and again. This is why I often talk about all of the themes that we find in Scripture. God knows that we need to hear some things time and time again. And this is why the book of Proverbs is so powerful in its repetitive articulation of why gaining God's wisdom is so, so good for us. Solomon says the words of God in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 5 to 9. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, get understanding. Cherish her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will give you a garland of grace on your head and present you with a glorious crown. And Proverbs repetitively speaks about the value of gaining God's wisdom. The book explains it to us, demonstrates the effects of wisdom to us or or otherwise, and encourages us to imitate and grow spiritually through repetition, following what God is masterfully saying to us through the wider wisdom literature, which also includes the books of Job, Psalms, Ecclesiastes, and the sometimes saucy Song of Solomon. Today, I want to suggest two further resolutions for 2023 to you that I think prove their value when we've repetitively sought God's wisdom, listened to it, and then have continually sought to apply it to the everyday situations we face. The real life effects of these resolutions don't always come quickly. It's not like we could just grab these verses and apply them straight away. They are sometimes what we grasp after traversing some of life's biggest challenges. So resolution number seven, Proverbs 3, 25 to 26. I will have no fear of sudden disaster or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being snared. Now, if you follow current events in our nation, you'll know that the biggest event that people follow is the economy. Our whole society seems bent on money and how well the nation is doing. That and how well the All Blacks are playing, of course. In the news this week, you may have read this. The latest quarterly survey of business opinion from the New Zealand Institute of Economic Research is the worst of all worlds, the Bank of New Zealand says. It suggested profits were collapsing and hiring intentions were down, but that cost pressures for businesses remained extremely elevated, the difficulty in finding labour is extreme, and their expectations of price rises are as high as ever. Business confidence sank to its lowest level since the NZIER began surveying sentiment in 1970, the year I was born. On a seasonally adjusted basis, NZIER said the survey made for grim reading, with a net 73% of businesses expecting conditions to worsen over the coming months. I mean, wowzer. Not a bright prediction of the economy this year. And of course, these thoughts flow through to the overall sense of well-being for the majority of us. If the economy is struggling, it's a slippery slope to so many other parts of our lives. People are fearing sudden disasters. And I know what that feels like because some things have happened to us over the last year that have been hard to wrestle with. Of course, we fear lots of other things. We fear for our children. We fear for our health. We fear failure, rejection, change, public speaking, imperfection or not being good enough, vulnerability, loneliness, being judged. Think about your greatest fears that you are thinking about right now. And yet in this verse, as the result of gaining and applying the wisdom of God, Solomon is saying that there is no need to fear. All of our fears can be overcome when we know and apply what God is saying to us. And of course, the, the wider body of Scripture reiterates this verse. Here, here are three examples. Isaiah forty-one ten, a well-known verse. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Or the Psalm, chapter 23, verse 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley... I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rods and your staff, they comfort me. And when talking about worry, Jesus says in Luke chapter 12, verse 32 to 34, Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide persons for yourselves that will not wear out, a a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your hearts will be also. Oh, it's so easy to read these scriptures in church and nod our head in agreement. But it's so hard to have that feeling when the fear of the unknown grips us and takes our thoughts captive with, with a strong hold over us. I know what it's like. I've been there. I am sometimes still there. It is still a work in progress for me, as it is for many of you, because like many of you, I still want to control A bunch of things. Earlier in my life, I had many of the fears I'd mentioned. I greatly feared failure. I feared what people thought of me. I felt very inadequate, especially for the role that I now fill. It took God intervening in a fairly powerful way for me to start the process of fighting my fears. It didn't happen overnight, but when I read those three scriptures that I've just mentioned, I know I've made some progress. So what do you fear? And how are you going to seek the wisdom of God to overcome those fears so that you might thrive in life as God intends for you? Wouldn't it be great in a year's time to be able to say that you've applied this resolution? I have no fear for the Lord is my confidence and keeps my foot from being snared. Now resolution number eight, Proverbs 327. Do not withhold good from those who deserve it, when it is in your power to act. What I love about this verse is that it is totally action-orientated. There is no theory in doing good to others, because if we genuinely put into place the second part of the greatest commandment to love others as we love ourselves, then this resolution becomes all action Of course, the challenge is that we can really only apply the second part of the greatest commandment if we've applied the first. Because if we love the Lord our God with all our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength, then the wisdom of God that comes through that means we'll be so secure in our identity and who we are that we won't feel compelled to compare ourselves to others. We'll actually know that all people are made in the image of Christ. And we want the very best for everyone. Because we'll know that we're all sons and daughters of God. Straightforward enough, right? I mean, again, there are plenty of other scriptures that support this resolution. A few examples Psalm 112, verse 5. Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Or well, Proverbs, again, 11. Verse 25, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Or Hebrews 13, 16, do not forget to do good and to share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. It's just that our selfishness gets in the way of finding time and space to bless others. Because we fear so many things, we devote the largest proportion of our lives to ourselves and seeking to overcome what we fear. We want to be successful and accepted and wealthy because we don't consider the alternatives as being very viable to the expectations that we place on ourselves, the expectations the world places on us. A few years ago here at Windsor Park, we participated in what was a bit of a movement at that time called Random Acts of Kindness. Some of you will remember that we talked about it, Uh, We gave you cards to record your random acts on and we put them up on our walls. There were some cool things that were done. But this proverb would say that for those who have sought, attained, and practiced the wisdom of God, acts of kindness shouldn't be random. They should be regular and ongoing. Just part of life. So again, a question. How are we going with putting our faith into action through the ongoing blessing of those who deserve it? Which is a tricky line, because in the greatest sense, that is all people, even naughty ones like me. It's a heart attitude change that grows within us when the wisdom of God becomes our greatest desire for the way we live on an ongoing basis. So the resolution could be this. I will not withhold good from people. Because it is in my power to act. You know, the more we make this list of resolutions, the harder they get. They've moved from gaining a godly worldview to practicing a godly worldview. And next week they get even more practical and so more difficult to talk about. What I know is that to make these resolutions stick takes more than just listening to a message and thinking they're good ideas. They need continual and repetitive inputs and application to become things that actually define the way we live our lives. So I want to leave you with this question that only you can answer. In 2023, how are you receiving and applying the wisdom of God so that firstly, your fears, whatever they are, dissipate into insignificance? And secondly, how are you consistently thinking about blessing others? Here at Windsor Park, we try to resource you for that. So if you wanted a few more questions to reflect upon and some further resources to work through during the week, I want to encourage you to download a a copy of my text from our website or our app. It's, It's there now for you. We want to encourage you to think about how you might apply what God might be laying on your hearts today. Let's pray. Father, when we look through the book of Proverbs, there is a lot more than 10 resolutions we could apply. There's literally hundreds. We're looking at 10 specifically in chapter 3 that move from theory to application. Father, I pray that we might have the openness to hear what you might be saying to us today and that you might help us look at our own lives and think about how are we going to apply your wisdom? How are we going to receive your wisdom? It's all there for us in your word and it's inspired by your spirit. So it might mean some change for us this year. And I pray that you would help us grow in our resolve that you would help us to find tools and resources and ways that will feed us, not just on a Sunday, but every day. And Father, as we have looked at these resolutions today, things that talk about overcoming our fears and then blessing others, they are very action-orientated. So help us have the, the strength and the insight and the courage to overcome that which holds us back from being your hands and your feet. We thank you that these words can be so powerful and that through us, our homes, our workplaces, and our community can reflect your goodness to us and we can become your hands and your feet. and We can show that you are a God who is at work through the changes that we make in our lives. So, Father, speak to us. Might we hear what you are saying and apply it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining our audio teaching today. If there are ways that we can continue to support you or help you in your journey, please reach out to us. Head to our website, windsorpark.org.nz, and you'll find various ways to contact us. God bless.